0: I'm Chelsea Pottinger, here with Chris Allen, and welcome to EQ's Podcast for Professionals. It's time to recharge your life. Welcome back to today's podcast, and today we're going to be actually speaking about spotting your stress signs and and the triggers. And I'm here with Chris Allen. Welcome back, Chris. Hi, Chelsea. So what are your thoughts on this whole workplace stress?
1: Well... Just looking back on some research, and in a workforce where 77% of employees report being burned out, the reality of that is that it translates into a lot of missed meetings, missed opportunities, and lots of trips to the doctor. So although most of us will probably recognise and label certain situations in our everyday life as stressful, how would we know if we're actually chronically stressed?
0: So there are a few key symptoms, you know, when people are starting to fall down this exhaustion funnel and on the road to burnout. One of the main ones is feeling overwhelmed. And this is how a lot of people describe it to us, you know, feeling on edge or scattered with their focus, having so much on their plate, they're paralyzed as to even where to begin.
1: Exactly. And I guess the thing for most of us is that when you feel stress, you, you start experiencing racing thoughts, you're constantly worrying. And it's as we were talking about in the previous podcast, Charles, about feeling overwhelmed just at the extent and magnitude of either the workload that we have in front of us or some personal issue that's worrying us and we get stuck in this physical reaction to mm-hmm.
0: it. And it's definitely another sign of stress, you know, that our brains can't stop thinking or worrying. Some people also do this in the middle of the night. You know, they wake up thinking about what they have to do the next day and probably making some kind of mental list for an hour or so and then they find it quite challenging to fall back to sleep.
1: Yeah, and something that we'll explore a little bit later on, but I've been through this in the last sort of 12 months where you know, you're know you so exhausted from these feelings of racing thoughts and worry that you actually wake up feeling even more tired, mm. not refreshed.
0: Absolutely, and, and some people refer it to as well as you know tired but wired. They're so exhausted yeah. but they're so wired with anxiety that they actually can't get off to sleep. So this leads us on to the next symptom, which is sleep problems, and it's pretty clear that people aren't getting enough sleep. According to neuroscientists like Dr. Walker, we actually need seven to nine hours a night. And once we get below seven, we can measure these impairments in the brain on fMRI scans.
1: Yeah, his um, his podcast was amazing and, and with some really alarming stats on sleep deprivation. And, and so insufficient sleep is the most significant lifestyle factor to determine whether or not a person will develop Alzheimer's. And shocking, more shocking than anything, <laughs> is that men who sleep just five to six hours a night Will actually have a level of testosterone that is the equivalent of somebody who is six to ten years their senior. Mm-hmm.
0: Men, get to sleep.
1: Terrifying, get to <laughs> sleep right now. Uh, and also, after uh, 20 hours of being awake, you are as physically and cognitively impaired as you would be if you were considered legally drunk.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's incredible, you know, the the part of our brain, the prefrontal cortex, that we actually need at work and it's responsible for everything we need, you know, executive functioning, math, finances, language, motor skills. That's the first thing to switch off when we're actually lacking in sleep.
1: And what about the heart rate, Chelsea?
0: Yeah, so that's the, our last sort of stress sign for people wondering what the symptoms are is it, is it actually elevated heart rate? You know, people feel dizzy, they can hear their heart beating fast even when they aren't exercising. So when we're really busy, Chris, you know, sometimes we ignore these signs of these textbook symptoms. So the best place to start with is where you actually feel stress in your body. And it's interesting because stress comes always from within the body. The vagus nerve then takes that signal up to our limbic brain and alerts our brain that we're actually feeling stressed. And and stress actually really presents differently in each of our bodies. For some people, they may grind their teeth at night. Other people, they suffer these tension headaches. Some people get super irritable. Other people start suffering anxiety or, or insomnia. Um, I don't know, Chris, do you know what it is for you?
1: Yeah, for sure. Uh, common thing for me if I'm in a highly stressful situation is uh, I get an immediate tightness in the chest. And mm-hmm. I, and I know what it is and I've just got to control it, but it's definitely the chest. Yeah.
0: For me. And I think, um, I guess the more curious you are about your stress and where where you're feeling it within the body and where it arises, the more capable you will become to managing the stress. Um, And one of the best ways to get onto your stress before you actually fall too far down that exhaustion funnel, too far down that burnout road, is actually starting to book in some nourishing activities and actually take a break. Even if this means, you know, cancelling your plans to take care of yourself. These days, our weekends end up mirroring our work days. You know, we run from coffee to coffee, lunch with girlfriends or mates, quick exercise, yoga to decompress, get ready, head out for dinner with mates, repeat that on the Sunday. And sometimes our weekends are even more jam-packed than the workday.
1: Yeah, so give me an example. So you're starting to feel stressed. Your sleep is getting impacted what do you
0: do? Yeah, so I get home on the Friday, and my sleep trigger for me is sleep. You know, if my sleep starts going, that means that I'm, uh, I've got some stress creeping in. Get home on the Friday, phone and computer off for the weekend. They get passed to Jay. They don't, they don't get switched on for the whole weekend. I cancel my plans. I spend a lot of time with my family. We go hiking in nature. I do exercise. I meditate. I eat nourishing and healthy food. I might grab a massage. Um, I catch up with a few friends that are positive and lift me up, and I'm very selective of who they are. I have early nights. I limit the booze. I definitely limit the coffee. And then I'm, I'm really back to firing on Monday again.
1: Yeah, I, I love this. And I particularly love that you start the weekend with the phone and the computer shut off. It's brilliant. So th- these are the kinds of things that people pr- should really start to jot down and think about what activities nourish them. So we work out where we feel stress in our body. What's next, Charles? How about people that cause people that causes stress?
0: Yeah, this is, this is a good one. So finding out who actually triggers your stress. Now, this could be a friend. It could be your neighbor. It could be a client, a family member, your spouse, a colleague. Usually there's someone that raises your stress levels, and it's a good time to note who they actually are. So
1: if it's someone at work, do we have the choice to avoid that someone?
0: Always, you always have the choice. And, and if there is someone who we're experiencing high levels of stress with at work, I would, I would recommend that the first point of call would be to have a confidential conversation with HR or your manager. Now, if you don't feel comfortable doing that, the people we spend time with, they, it truly impacts your well being and also your stress levels. And according to Dr. Nicholas Christakis, and this has been done of 35 years of research in circles of influence, people influence us by a huge 45% depending on what mood they are in, and we actually can catch it, like an emotional contagion almost. Mm. So if you're bringing in your bad news stories from your fight with your partner on the weekend and you're brooding to your colleagues about it, you're also bringing down their mood by 45% without even realising it.
1: But it's not always possible to avoid someone, like a colleague at
0: work, Mm. right? So with that situation, you know, where possible, if you, don't, if you don't feel comfortable raising it with your boss or HR, I would actually suggest that you limit your time with them.
1: Yeah, I, I, this really resonates for me. And we were talking offline just earlier, and I, I really like this whole notion of, you know, I can't control what those around me say and do. However, I can control how I react to their behavior. Mm-hmm. And the Stanford research um, that I've been looking at really shows how we respond to stress has a lot to do with our own stress mindset. So, Charles, how about then engaging with someone that lifts you up after dealing with, let's call them, um, a dud?
0: <laughs> That's nice. <laughs> so, proactively, absolutely, proactively engaging with the positive people at your work. These, these are the connections that give you more resilience in the face of work stress. Be around people who make you laugh. They lift you up. You know, the people you have good intellectual conversations with. Reaching out to one of these people during the day takes the edge off the stress and allows you to connect with positivity, especially if you run into someone who causes a big stress trigger. I would also really recommend to see a professional psychologist if this is someone in your family that you've been finding they're causing you extreme amounts of stress, so they can work with you on cognitive behavior therapy and other great strategies to mitigate the stress of this particular person.
1: So this is probably a good time for people to start journaling some of their own stress triggers and writing down some of the things that we've spoken about already. And just listing them through as I recall them number one is how does stress present in your body? What does it do when it shows up and you know it's there? Number two, who triggers you and how you deal with people who cause you a chemical reaction? Three, and you mentioned here earlier, Chelsea to talk to someone like your boss or HR or your partner, and if it's someone close to you or in your family, then this is where you would go and seek professional assistance from, like a clinical psychologist who are obviously excellent.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, and and building to that list, you know, one of the most effective tools is to change your mindset. Know that you can't control what people say and do all the time. However, what is in our control is our reaction to it.
1: Yeah, this is brilliant, Chelsea. And you know, as you know, I'm lucky enough to be have been able to talk to you about some of these things myself in. In, the recent, in recent times and they're really relevant and they work and they're easy strategies to implement straight away. So thanks so much.
0: Thanks, Chris. I'm Chelsea Pottinger and you've been listening to EQ's podcast for professionals. You can follow us on Instagram or Facebook at EQ Minds for more ways to live a calmer life. Thank you for listening.